Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. Did you ever have that crazy cotton-picking uncle? Started a family gathering with these three guys. Walk into the bar, kind of like Eddie at a Christmas vacation. I happen to know those other two guys. My name's Stu Turley, President and CEO of the Sandstone Group. We got us an action-packed podcast today. I'm talking to two guys. Not only are we going to cover COP28, we're going to cop- talk about the flatulence that's going on around the world right now. Uh, there used to be a fist bump between President Biden and uh, Prince and uh, uh, Saudi Crown Prince. That was a fist bump that went around the world. John Kerry upped that this past week. He did a flatulence around, that went around the world. So we're going to also go to <laughs> we're going to go to R.T. Trevino. He's one of them big dogs over there at Pecos Operating. And I mean, RT is the podcast host of the Crude Truth podcast. Welcome, RT. You're at a family conference, uh, an investor conference. Is that right? I am. Uh, it's 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 been a great time, and uh, I'm down here in uh, Fort Lauderdale in December. There are people in the ocean right now as we speak here. I mean, I, I'm just blown away. I mean, I'm in Texas right now, it's like 40 degrees, or so I don't know what it is, but definitely we don't got people in the in the lakes. And uh, but no, I'm I'm down here at a, a great event called the, it's a group called the Family Office Club, and they have a giant summit every year, uh, and they put on and bring in a bunch of investors and a bunch of uh, investees i guess people that are looking for that happens i guess and uh but i got invited by a guy named kyle uh the gentleman that runs this his name's rich great guy and then um i even got to meet two other rays last night and i uh, you know other than my son and my dad as we all know we all have i've never been in a room with three different guys named ray at one time so it's it's been pretty fun uh and you are the I third hear, right I, I am the third well i never knew my grand well anyway but uh but anyway, I want to—I definitely uh, want to keep this podcast moving today. Uh, let's introduce the great one, and then I want to get back to the flatulence. Let's go, Stu. Okay, hey, the, the great one, David Blackman. I mean, he's on the Telegraph. He's in the Forbes. He is on the Daily Caller. He's on the Energy Transition podcast. He's on the Energy uh, Transition. I mean, excuse me, the Energy Question. I can't keep up with this man. He is a legend in his own mind. Hey, welcome, David. You betcha, man. You bet. We're going to have to cut down on John Kerry's uh, fiber intake. I think. Oh my uh, goodness! This conference. Uh, okay. He's been I'm spreading team... those emissions around. He? Oh my goodness! He so almost. Yes, he had a Biden moment uh, yesterday. <laughs> uh, I am not kidding you. The video, I talked about it last night with Michael and I on our podcast. We had the producer slide in. That was a horrible one. We had him pull in the video clip. 
and he's sitting there and he's talking about how bad carbon is and he goes we got to get us rid of oil and gas they're the worst things in the world and i think it was it looked like ursula from the eu but i don't think it was and she went whoop and yeah, I mean, lady you next can tell she about threw that up. Is. That lady about threw up. And yeah. so here he is. He's trying to blame a dog. I swear, he just kept going, and he's looking for the dog to blame. I don't know that he didn't try <laughs> to blame somebody, and that was disgusting. So, David, give us your take. Well, uh, <laughs> I think you pretty well covered that ground, Steve. I'm not sure there's much to add. I'm, I'm going to try to contain myself. Uh, during what the is your what, what is your take on the flatulence? I love it. What's your on take? The yeah, well, that's a gaseous emission, you know, and they're all about cutting those at COP twenty eight. Do you think? You know, uh, Gary, do you think AOC would be all upset at him? <laughs> Guys, I can't believe I missed it yesterday. I mean, I've been here, but that is hilarious that this is making national news. God, oh, it is. we must not be worried about anything else in the world. This is what's making national news, huh? Well, I mean, if you listen to those people, we're supposed to be worried about everything in the world. Everything's a disaster and an emergency, and it's a climate crisis and yada, yada, yada. And so John Kerry, who is unappointed, unelected, uh, salaried official in the White House in a made-up job called Climate Envoy, uh, at least pretended to commit the United States to this deal to shut down all what do they call it? Unmitigated coal plant? Un, yeah. Un, uh, what, what is the word they use? Golly, I can't even remember what it is. Um, oh. Coal plants that don't have, don't have any uh, scrubbers or CCS attached to them, right? That's, uh, oh my God. But but anyway. David, they can't get the the pipelines. They need almost seven thousand miles of pipelines in order to get that done. In order to get the CO two to uh, uh, pump out. So how in the heck uh, you got the regulatory a- agencies from the EPA over here going no, and then you got the <laughs> Biden administration over here going uh shut it down, and then you got the grid managers over here going we're gonna die. I don't know. Well, uh, the word I was searching for, excuse my my brain fart there, um, is unabated, unabated coal plants. Well, we don't build unabated coal plants in the United States, and we haven't built unabated coal plants in the United States for probably 30 years or more now. And, And so I don't even know what this agreement is really about. What I do know is... The United States doesn't have a dog in this hunt, and it's a it's a solution in search of a problem for us. Now, these other countries, they suppose they they claim they have fifty nine countries signatories to this agreement. I'm not even sure the status of the agreement. It's certainly not a treaty that would have to be ratified by the Senate, but it's it's countries, it's small countries who have very few coal plants themselves. And guess who's not a signatory to it? China and India. And so, I mean, biggest. it's just the most meaningless thing. But it, it, you would have thought that John Kerry had saved the world by the media coverage this meaningless thing got from, from our news media. Uh, you know, it's just the biggest. It, it's, it's really a shame on how this is going. It's like if we're really worried about the climate and doing better. 
the two most populated countries in the world should be signing on that line just along with us. And, you know, I, I do got a question for you guys. You know, I, I, you know, I've kind of been out of it a little bit uh, the, yesterday and today. Uh, what about this whole natural gas um, thing that's going on where they want to ban natural gas in the United States? Or, or what? what is that? I, I'm missing. I, I feel like I'm not getting the whole story. Well, the Biden administration is also trying to pass regulations that would make it impossible to build new natural gas power plants. And, uh, you know, that's, I mean, the whole reason we've been able to cut our emissions profile in the United States to 1990 levels, I think now, um, is because we've been displacing coal with natural gas and power generation. And, uh, you know, the Biden administration wants to force the replacement of these coal plants with nothing but wind and solar. Well, coal is 20% of our electricity in the United States, and it's baseload. It runs 24 hours a day. It's reliable, and it's safe, and it's cheap. Wind and solar are very expensive, unreliable, and they fail when the weather gets bad, okay? So you have to, you can't, you just, it, this This is a plan that isn't going to work, and everybody knows it's not going to work. So I, I just, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's the big problem is the and, efforts to. And RT, the biggest yeah. problem is they, the Biden administration released out on Friday night at 3 a.m. in the morning, regulatory updates that is legislation through regulation and is 100%. I've got all of it. I have been reading it. It is abysmal, and David nailed it. They're trying to shut it down through legislation by regulation, and it is uh, a reach beyond legislation. It is it is unbelievable what these chowderheads are doing. Well, yeah, you it's, know, it's, it's a difficult thing. It's going to be hard for companies to comply with that new methane rule. Well, and, you know, I almost feel like this is an attack that the Biden administration is doing against Texas as we just rolled out, you know, our new legislation on making our power grid stronger by using natural gas. So, I mean, they are literally going to war against their states in an economical, in an economic way through regulations. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. But it's, you know, it's it's what this this uh, particular administration is about, you know, uh, pitting blue states against red states. And uh, it's a shame. I, you would hope that uh, you wouldn't have such a divisive uh, individual in the White House. But you know, there we go. Do you think, uh, you know, somebody said it best the other day. Let's talk about divisive, decisive individual in the White House. That since 2000, we have not had a like somebody really run away with the vote. I understand Obama won, you know, both times in eight, and, you know, against McCain and uh, Romney. However, it wasn't like a landslide. We haven't had a landslide victory since I think, well, obviously we'll never, we never had one like Reagan, you know, in eight and 84, but even George Bush, you know, the first time he got elected, it wasn't, it, it was very clear that he was going to win. Do you think we can ever see something like that again, guys? In my lifetime, maybe not y'all's, but in my Yes, in the states that get rid of the Dominion servers, and there are now, I believe, three states that are requiring IDs. 
in the states that require IDs, in the states that do not allow mail-in ballots, yes. And in the polls, Trump is now winning. Uh, I believe he's the key battleground states. I believe, David, you have to fact check me. It's four. There's five of them that are important. And Trump is now ahead in four of the five. Now, I think it was actually six out of seven that New York Times Siena oh, poll you're talking whoa. about. Yes. Yeah, they measured seven battleground states, and Trump was leading pretty significantly in five of them, and and marginally ahead in a in a sixth one. Um, the only did state that, he trailed yeah. in was Wisconsin. Right. So, David, That's did I good. say anything incorrect? Which is normal for me to say things incorrect. <laughs> no, not not my view. I th- I think okay. The only way to really guarantee free and fair elections is to count all the votes by hands and require voter ID. And, and that of course is why the democratic party opposes those measures. And, and did one state, uh, well, hold on. Did one state, uh, outlaw hand counting ballots or no? Arizona's, uh, the state of Arizona is actually suing, uh, county commissioners courts who are or election boards, excuse me, who try to require, and counting of ballots. Now think about that. I'm going to say that again. The state of Arizona, Democratic governor, Democratic uh, attorney general in Arizona is suing county election boards who move to require the hand counting of ballots. That's uh, pretty incredible. Guys, you know, the 2000 election in Florida, and it's funny, I'm here, uh, changed the game completely. You know, uh, and that was probably a true close election. I get it, you know, but I think that changed everything right there, you know. Now, Stu, you were going to ask me a question? Um, I forgot. What uh, What did you think about Dick Durbin, excuse me, Senator or Chowderhead Durbin, <clears throat> saying that illegals should have, and I'm going to use the word illegal, because you're breaking the current laws on the books by rolling across the border. And uh, he's wanting illegals to serve in the uh, military. Uh, and yesterday I saw, believe it or not, the videos of the Chinese uh, men coming across. RT and David, I've been around my dad all my life. He is military. 30 years in the military when a military man and everybody I know, and they're used to standing while they're in the service at military rest, these gentlemen, any military man has a way of standing that he has been trained. He knows what the hell he's doing. And I saw a whole line of Chinese military age men standing like they were going to battle. I guarantee you, everybody has seen that film, and I'm not the only one that said it. I, I think I was the only first one that said it out on social, but it scares the snot out of me because well, we've had all, two million come in. We've had a lot of people come in. Yo, didn't we do this uh, at uh, during World War One? That uh, with during the time of the Great, you know, when people were coming to America, that we were literally they were coming in on one boat, 
and then we were signing them up for the military and then sending them out. I have no problem with anything like that. If somebody wants to sit here and serve for my American military, I'll give them citizenship all day long, okay, because they are protecting our rights and freedoms. Now, to the point of these guys coming in, Stu, okay, <laughs> these guys coming in, and for our listeners out there, Stu's just boiling over there. I'm not going to let him talk yet. Um, we all, everybody needs to read 1984 by George Orwell and The Art of War by Sin Tzu. And I think I, I butchered it. But if you don't think that those guys are here, look what's happened now with all these, and I'm going to use the word Hamas, not Palestinians, all these Hamas individuals that are doing these protests now here in America. You have the Chinese coming in. What is the best way to go ahead and take over? You infiltrate, i.e. the Trojan horse. This is very nerve-wracking to see all those gentlemen uh, coming in over the weekend. Absolutely. I did see that. Did you notice the stance? I saw them all standing. I mean, I I didn't pay too, too close attention to it. I I think if you're around military men and anybody in the military will back this up. Anyway, personal opinion. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, valid. I, you know, I think that Senator Durbin um, probably isn't his intention, but he's uh, tacitly acknowledging that about 90% of the illegal immigrants that have come across the border, 7 million who have come across the border that we know of uh, since Joe Biden took office. Uh, probably 90% of them are military-age males. These aren't families. They're not children. They're military-age males from countries all over the world, many of which are on the, the terror watch list, um, that have, have been allowed to stream into this country. And so he's he's looking at that and thinking, boy, you could build a big army with, with those folks. But... Uh, you know that that's uh, it's a different world now than it was in World War One. Yeah, uh, and this is um, you know there, we didn't have organized terrorism sponsored by nation states in uh, 1914 yeah. when when that, that policy was in effect and and it, it was our policy then and a lot of people served bravely and honorably in the military and got their U.S. citizenship that way. And that was an honorable thing to do. I'm not sure you can necessarily do that today, given the state of the world uh, in this uh, under this president, unfortunately. And uh, so, well, I, you know, whatever. I, we're, I, we're supposed to be talking about energy. That's that's. I know. Thing. I know. I do want to say one other thing. And you are absolutely right. You talked about all these people coming in. But it's also an entire new voting block that's coming in. We're not well, that's that's why the border's open. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and they're creating a whole new voting block block of the population of people to vote. But no, I, I that, I'm right there with you, David, because I was like, what other interviews do we have? We have COP twenty eight. Um, I know I'm excited. Um, by the time this uh, airs, I should have an interview with uh, Grace Stanky again. She's actually at COP twenty eight um, herself, so I'm excited. Um, uh, so if you haven't checked that one out, please do. Uh, that's as close as I'll get to being there. And, uh, oh, speaking of being there, guys, y'all's episode this past Monday of Energy Transition, and I can't believe, David, you let Stu come on. But that was a great episode of Energy Transition. And Irina Slob, if you hear me, come back soon, please. Okay. <laughs> 
I'm only warming that, that seat one. for Irina. I am only warming that seat for but, Irina. You know what, guys, you guys look at what y'all are talking about on that show right now with the military. Okay, let's talk about that. The military advances that Venezuela are now doing against Guyana is yeah. huge. And uh, so you've got Armando there in Brazil, right there looking at everything. Uh, he's hands on. So uh, for all our listeners out there that haven't listened to the energy transition, please do. What do you think about that, David? About Guyana possibly having to fight for their oil? Well, I so here's the point I made today. Uh, okay. Yesterday, the day before we recorded this episode, uh, Maduro announced uh, that uh, his government is making formal claim to what is about 60% of the landmass of of Guyana. And uh, this is a territory that uh, an international tribunal ruled was Guyanese property in 1899, 124 years ago, and to which Venezuela has no legitimate claim whatsoever, but they want that territory because it would uh, come with a claim to part of the major oil resource that's offshore Guyana that ExxonMobil and Hess Corporation have been developing for the last five or six years. Uh, there's billions of dollars at stake, obviously. There's uh, the discovered reserve so far amounts to about 11 billion barrels of oil. So there's hundreds of billions of dollars involved of potential revenues. And that's why Maduro is making this grab. If the point I made about that is the United States government uh, is going to be very reluctant to intervene to protect the interests of two big oil companies. If this was the electric car divisions of Ford and General Motors down there who had a lot at stake, we'd already have sent in the Marines to protect Guyana. Guyana has no army. It only has 800,000 citizens. It has no real means of protecting itself from a military standpoint. And it's uh, shameful, frankly, that the United States has has allowed this uh, dispute to go this far. And uh, it's pretty much time for the Biden administration to be thinking about what to do about it. I agree. I mean, uh, you look at this, this is now the third major conflict on a third different continent and we can go back and when you go back and if anybody has not read the prize by daniel Jurgen, please read it uh because one of the basis of that entire three-inch book is that every single world war and major conflict in history had to do with some form of a natural resource and here we are you have russia invading ukraine there are oil fields in the area that russia wants uh, there is oil in, on the seas of Israel. I do know that. And now we got this one. And it just it just blows me away uh, how our administration definitely is not looking at the interests of these. Like, if we're supposed to be big brother, why are we not helping out this small country? We're helping out Israel and Ukraine. You know why? In, in no. my unprofessional opinion, uh, I believe it's because there's no... Um, uh, digital coin or digital um, investments to have it come back to the political parties, such as was with Ukraine. There was a uh, a direct flow of money from the Ukraine. All of the money that got approved by the U.S. was lost 
came back around and all of the coffers were filled back up into not only Democrat, but Republican uh, political figures. So uh, Israel is important like you wouldn't believe, but now it looks like Ukraine may fold. Now, why did, which is a huge impact to energy, um, you take a look at the pipelines, why was it that Zelensky and Putin were going to have a uh, a treaty two months into this, but the Biden administration stopped it? I don't know. I don't know. It just, good it just, it just yeah, <clears throat> that's a very good question. I mean, look at well, the billions, <clears throat> the billions that went from the U.S. taxpayer to Ukraine, and then there was an article that said that it never left the country. It was only bank accounts. This is just unbelievable. Jeez. Well, I, I think the only conclusion you can really reach about, oh, man, maybe I shouldn't talk about this. Look, I don't have any use for Vladimir Putin. I don't either. But, I want to make you know, that clear. And uh, But I think the only conclusion you can really reach about what's happened in Ukraine is that NATO and the United States wanted this proxy war with Russia to try to weaken Putin as much as it could, using this other country, Ukraine, as the battleground. And if if that's really the motivation, and it's kind of inescapable at this point, knowing that there was already a negotiation in the works that the United States vetoed in those early weeks of the conflict, uh, the only conclusion you can reach is that that was the the, the motivation, and and that's completely shameful. And really, when you when you consider the the carnage that's uh, come to Ukraine as a result of all this, uh, it's it's pretty much a, a human atrocity, and I just it's a, it's a shameful thing for our country. You know. With with all that being said, you know the Trumper always talks about that he'd have it resolved in two, like uh, in, in twenty four hours, right? In that well, way, he would have. There's no doubt about. And so it. I want, and, and and I'm wondering if that's it. And then uh, bringing up the Trumper, I don't think we talked about it on the three podcasters. Your um, Substack uh, article, David, that talks about uh, President Trump, uh, that he really hasn't said anything about oil yet, other than you know. Drill baby, you know he, he's he's saying some great right again. He's I, saying I drill, off, drill baby, drill a lot. Yeah, yeah, he's saying drill baby, drill, and of course, I mean, you know, oil and gas workers association has already supported him, and uh, so so other uh, groups, which is great. And I, and he is going to do great things, I think, for the oil and gas industry. But I really enjoyed your article that said, "Hey, you haven't really said much about what you want to do to help oil and gas out." And I, and I like that no, he hasn't. He hasn't gone into great detail about energy policy. And that piece I wrote was about, you know, the question was whether or not he would move to try to repeal a bunch of these subsidies that were contained in the Inflation Reduction Act legislation. And uh, he hasn't addressed that in any detail whatsoever, but neither have the other candidates. So, I mean, it's not like he's alone in that. And, and uh you know, but the other side of that is that unless he has big congressional majorities, it doesn't matter what he wants to do about that legislation. You, you're not going to be able to repeal it. And uh, so I, I just thought it was kind of a moot point. But uh, 
he, you know, I think, and, and I know people who are planning to go to work for him in the new administration if he wins, and, and it'll be very similar to his first term. He'll go about reversing all of Biden's executive orders and repealing a bunch of their ridiculous uh, regulatory actions. And uh, But from a legislative standpoint, uh, trying to repeal what's in the IRA, you know, I, I mean, my gosh, even the major oil companies are accessing that investment tax credit. So I, yeah. they, they would all be opposed to yeah. the repeal. And then you talk about the other candidates. Yeah, the only one that actually, in my opinion, has experience is that Doug Bergman, and he suspended his campaign. And yeah, when they did that uh, debate a couple of weeks ago on Fox, when they asked energy questions, they didn't even ask him, and he's the governor of North Dakota, one of the largest states. <laughs> yeah. And they don't even ask them a question. That to me, I was very upset because it's like, well, you know what, guys, you're not asking the actual expert at this point. You know, why, so, why are you doing a debate? Why is the Republican Party doing a debate with moderators from MSNBC and NBC? Oh, should because they, they be doing that? They should be. Well, nobody should be doing it because, like you're saying, I mean, the Trumpers got the run on this. Uh, Biden's obviously gonna run for president unless something crazy happens. Uh, and it's like they need to get everybody on the Republican ticket party behind Trump. And, uh, and Newsom's obviously behind um, Biden. And you need to get the rest of them done. And just, I mean, it's almost like just to have, have, have the election tomorrow. You know, forget about November 7th. Have I have an unprofessional opinion. My <laughs> opinion weird. is, and I'm going to go on record, you will see Biden stumble along until March. I believe it's March when he suddenly can retire and he can say, I don't feel any good anymore. When he wakes up and has about mm, 15 minutes of sanity, if he does say, I don't want to run in March, the Democrat Party ruled in rules that they can absolutely pick any one they want without having to go through any uh, voting processes for a Democrat. So as well, a Democrat, I would sit back and kind of go, my vote for the primaries don't matter. And again, if that's the case, and if Democrats uh, are okay with that, then you know what, that just shows where we're truly headed as a country. Uh, but we should have primaries. But hey, you know, uh, what do I know? I don't know. Well, I used of, to enjoy the old smoke-filled rooms. I think that's a better system, frankly. But that's just me. <laughs> you just like smoke. Yeah. Well, I didn't like smoke, the smoke, but I just thought it was a better way to pick a candidate. Well, speaking of smoke, what about Kerry? Uh, I wonder if he's going to – never mind. Who'd want to fly back with him if he has his fiber content? He has well, his own jet. Nobody's he flying. He has his own jet. Nobody's flying yeah. back with anybody. Nobody's oh, it's his, it's his wife's. It's his wife's. It's not well, his. Still, yeah, but and, and David, your other article was great. It's like, so we're going to have 70,000 people meet, and they can't do it by Zoom. They say the planet. I love that one. <laughs> well, that would be a little unwieldy to try to do a Zoom meeting with 70,000 people in it. But, you know, hey, I think it's a solid point. If they want to save the save the planet by reducing, what is it, four one hundredths of one percent of uh, carbon emissions is going to save the planet, um, they ought to be willing to have their meetings remotely instead of flying thousands of pl- private jets to Dubai. 
you talk about 70,000 people on a Zoom. If I recall, during COVID, there were a ton of Zoom-sponsored and powered concerts across the world. Sure, yeah. Millions of yeah. people Zoomed in. So, no, they could do it. They could do yeah, it. Yeah, they could do it. Yeah, they could do it. But they wouldn't have the opportunity for graft. I mean, uh, personal meetings and... Uh... <laughs> Yeah. And deal making. That, that, deal I making. Mean, deal making. What what deal is making. a conference for? It's for making deals. Okay. Speaking of that, uh, I can't uh, that, wait yeah. to do. Yeah, I can't wait to do Nape. And I'll tell you what, we have four oh, booths. Yeah. Uh, yes. I just visited with um, uh, Leanne and Drew yesterday. Uh, we have sponsors. We still have room for more sponsors. And I guarantee you, with our four booths, we already have all a lot of gear. A lot of gear. We're going to have live deals going on so that if you have a deal and you're over there going, hey, is this a good deal? I got a whole team of people that are going to go back and go, well, here's the offset wells. Here's what it is. This is a great investment. And by the way, anything investing in a lot of things, RT, and you're there at a family office are what tax can help reduce your tax oh. burden. Yeah, that yeah. I'm like, where am I at? Yeah, no, uh, I've, I've never seen it. I love it. People are more about the tax write-offs than they are about uh, uh, like returns. Passive income. I'm like, yeah, passive income. Thank you. It show, shows how good I am. Yeah, I passive income, but it's great. Yeah, no, and uh, and you talk about you know deals. I mean, they got rooms here for deals. So yeah, no, they're over there at COP28 making. Yeah, you're absolutely right, David. And again, if those of y'all that don't follow David Blackman on his Substack. Are on his LinkedIn, um, are at Forbes, are at uh, Reuters. Uh, please follow David Blackman. He's I don't write Reuters. <laughs> who, who, oh, Daily Wire. Reuters. Reuters. Telegram. Daily Caller. Caller. Yes. Economist. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we, we got blacklisted from Reuters. Like we've been blacklisted from other yeah. people. Yes. <laughs> Not going to talk about it. Hey, as the three podcasters, we got blacklisted from McDonald's. So, you know, hey. I've made too much fun of Reuters. They'd never, never in a million years let me write for them. I call them hemorrhoids, but we'll leave that alone. Uh, All right. Hey, with that, last round, uh, RT, you've been in rare form. It's kind of fun to see you not sitting uh, naked on a pump jack. So, you know. Oh, I'll give her two seconds. Did y'all see that Stogger dropped? Uh, and I'll, I'll do this one. She dropped. I haven't even reached out to her yet or anything, but I saw, I saw she dropped out of the railroad race. I didn't know that. And yes, I saw Who? it either Monday. Uh, Stogger, she dropped she, out of the railroad. She fell off race. the pump jack, huh? And, uh, she was running as a as what a libertarian freedom. this time as a, a freedom party, but no, she dropped. And again, I have not talked to her. This is just what I saw on Twitter. I don't, I but, always uh, liked what she was doing out there. She's stirring the pot. I liked it. And uh, but she's running for district attorney now of oh. Ward and Reeves County, and it's a Democrat. I, I have not talked to her, but I did see that. So anyway, uh, so she's yeah, running as a Democrat. Did you say as a Republican? As a Republican. As a Republican. Well, I, you know, I like her. I think she, yeah. she's a, probably a really good yes. lawyer. I think she's really a Democrat, and she ought to just come out and admit it. But, uh, you know, I, I, well, I, I, I like what she's doing on the orphan well, well things. I think that's a hoot. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. No, she's bringing attention. She's definitely bringing attention to, to things that are going on. And, uh, you know, there's a, unfortunately, uh, you know, I, I don't think it was all done in, in those counties by oil and gas. People don't know there's mines out there. Uh, there's old mines. Oh, so think of uranium and, and things like that. So, you know, it's, it's a mess out there and uh, just well, not all done by oil and gas. And, you know, the public service she's done, we ought to give her credit. Nice. It's to bring attention to a real problem of orphan wells. That's been a problem in this state for a long, long time. The industry spends a lot of money, millions and millions of dollars every year trying to uh, police it. But this is a state where we've had well over a million wells drilled over the course of a century and more. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those wells change ownership uh, constantly. And yep. it's it's a very difficult thing for the Railroad Commission to adequately police, but they do a good job of it. But good for her so for anyway, bringing attention. So, so I, I don't, she, I don't remember what it was that you said, Stu. That maybe, oh, oh, you were talking about riding the pump jack, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, no, she's not running for railroad commissioner anymore. Yep, uh, I'm just glad you're not naked out there because. Yeah, that's, that's right. You were making fun. Yeah. Yes, I was no, making fun of you. Yeah, no, we got some great things around the corner. We're uh, in the year real strong at Pecos. We're, we're very blessed. It's You've great. had some successful wells come in. We had a good year. We can't complain. God is good. Uh, all of it goes to him. Uh, and, and I'm rounding out the year. And I'm excited that in 2024, I'm, I've already talked to the individuals to be co-hosts on the cruise in 2024. Just no. expanding. Yes. And uh, 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 so I'm just excited to even be bringing on more people in 2024. Already got great people lined up from more life coaches talking about the uh, 20. Uh, uh, you know, just trying to be a better person. I uh, have one on, a great lady named Christy Kurtz. Uh, uh, released that episode last week. I'll have one on here at the beginning of the year. Because, hey, it's 2024. It's going to be a new year. Uh, I've got Jim Wright. That episode's going to be released uh, here real soon. Uh, the last, I'm, I'm proud to say, I've now had all three of the current railroad commissioners on. Uh, on the show, uh, got oh, Dr. Ed Ireland. That one's coming out here right before the end of the year, also. So, if anybody's out there following his Substack, he's a He's a cool cat. Individual. I'd love to get him, him and David on an episode in Fort Worth. I think, David, that would be a fun crew trip episode. That would right be there. a blast. Ed's a great yes. human being, man. I yeah. love that guy. Yeah. I, I, so. I'll tell you, I've had only a couple interactions with him, but he is a class act. David, what's last word for you? Well, I've got some really fun interviews coming up. Ann Bradbury from the American Exploration Production Council. Hugo Kruger from South Africa, an energy expert down there. We're going to talk about the situation in South Africa. And Robert Bryce, a man, Robert Bryce, great? who's one of oh, the most right. brilliant energy writers working today. Uh, we're going to be doing an episode with him here in the coming days and uh, really looking forward to that. Oh, oh and I just recorded uh, an episode, a follow-up episode with Megan Lapp to talk about uh, Big Wind in Wales. Oh, Awesome. Awesome. Big wind. Yeah. Who, yeah, big wind. I love it. I'm going to start using those words. Big wind. Yeah. Big wind. I'll tell you, big wind. Uh, Carrie did that over in Dubai. And when um, I got a bunch of really big ones coming around the corner, not wind, but I got some big interviews coming up. And uh, I mean, they are just as crazy. We Now, we have a lot of uh politicians lining up because of all of our reach rt your reach david your reach and my reach so nape is where deals happen but our three podcasts are where reach happens reach out to us and we can get the reach out for your company so with that wow. thank that was really good 
Thank you. I spent all 15 seconds ago uh, figuring that (laughs) one out. Uh, Thank you all very much for listening to the three podcasters walk into a bar. All of our contact information will be in the show notes. Thank you. And we will see you guys next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.